special edition of Daily Delivery today. Lavelle E. Neal III, columnist at the Star Tribune, joins me. Kind of a look back at 2021 and a look forward to 2022 as we uh, kind of say goodbye to one and say hello to another. Um, at Saying hello, Lavelle, how you doing? Doing great, man. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. So you've I wrote a little something um, that'll show up, you know, on Friday's Star Tribune, just kind of looking back at 2021. Lavelle, you're working on something uh, kind of spinning forward to 2022, combining forces here just to, uh, you know, to talk about both of those things. Lavelle, you know, as I think back to 2021, it was, you know, a year of a lot of strangeness. We kind of welcomed fans back to the stands, which was a, a big deal. Now we're kind of ending the year kind of back in a very familiar place with COVID, unfortunately. And we're going to, you know, as we talk about 2022, that will be a part of our conversation as well. But as you think about, you know, this last year, especially locally, anything jump out at you as like particular highlights that you that you remember? Well, you probably can bring that up because I was, I was just thinking about uh, everything that transpired in 2021. And God, we went into that season, I mean, that year just happy that it wasn't 2020 anymore that, you know, we were through, we were through the worst that the pandemic had to offer and everything was going to be, you know, on an upswing or going to get back to normalcy. I remember at spring training, uh, I was interviewing uh, Byron Buxton from a distance, you know, he was in the dugout and I was in the seats and um, all of a sudden I see this stick come over my right shoulder and like uh, my colleague, uh, Phil Miller, and went to home Depot and, and bought a retracting rod and he had, tied his digital recorder to the end of it and he could extend it up to eight feet to socially distant interviews with players. And uh, I was like, is that, is that what 2021 is going to be all about? And um, it got better as we went along. Uh, But once again, as we uh, turn the calendar to 2022, we still have COVID concerns and we still have uh, protocols and we still have to be aware and careful and, um, and we're still not allowed back in locker rooms and clubhouses. Uh, who knows when that's going to start? Um, games are still being postponed. Uh, this new variant has led to another outbreak that's forced sports leagues to take notice. Uh, we've took some steps forward, and we were able to enjoy some things about the year. Tom Brady leading the um, the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl, uh, getting the the seasons completed in the other sports. Um, Celebrating people like Suni Lee and the fantastic run she had at the Summer Olympics. Um, Gabe Stevenson, the wrestler, uh, grabbing the gold medal on like a, the last possible second. You know, we we're able to celebrate those moments. And so when you look back at 2021, you can still look back with, the, uh, with happiness that you were able to see some cool moments on the sports scene, um, even though we're still dealing you know, with a pandemic. Yeah, I had <clears throat> I had Suni Lee and Gable Stevenson at the top of my list too. Just as far as you know, moments from 2021. I mean, the the summer the summer Olympics became so much about Minnesota. We're used to the Winter Olympics being a lot of Correct. kind of where the the local athletes shine, and you know maybe they will at these upcoming games here in 2022 as well. But you know, Suni Lee. By the way, go read uh, Rachel Blount's fantastic profile of her as our sports person of the year that was a that was a few days ago but you should go and read that because that was a fantastic piece 
uh, kind of talking about just her her whole journey and what a year she had, obviously winning the gold medal um, for the U.S. gymnastics team. And Gable, you're right. It was just it, it that became it felt like that was in a year with some pretty cool Minnesota moments that that one stood out to me as, you know, a one right there. Just, we just don't see moments like that, but this international stage for local athletes. No, I mean, that's the stuff that screenplays are written about uh, what she accomplished. Uh, the superstar of all superstars, you know, gets injured. Uh, someone steps into the breach and, and feels it more than admirably. Um, it was a, it was just, Great drama and, and great excitement with a lot of twists and turns and plots. Yes, I do think we'll, we, we will see a Suni Lee movie uh, eventually here. Um, she, ends, she ends the year with uh, an appearance of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> she did. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's, that was pretty cool. I mean, <clears throat> as I think back on other stories, I mean, I feel like at the top of the list for me, aside from, you know, you're right, you know, being able to complete those seasons, getting a lot of fans back in attendance and at least feeling a sense of normalcy for a while, you know, uh, on the playing surface, it felt like the story of the year to me, I guess it was twofold, but the, the biggest one to me was the emergence of Kirill Kaprizov with the wild and just how he transformed that franchise all of a sudden, you know, taking them from, you know, a team that had been, you know, consistently pretty good for the better part of the last decade, you know, making the playoffs, but routinely losing early to now a team that, you know, even with some, you know, struggles late in 2021, you know, got off to a great start, was the best team in the league for a little while, um, you know, made the postseason in 2021, you know, got to game seven of that playoff series, just his presence in a market with a lot of emerging young players um, he, he stands at the top for me. I think so. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's him. I think it's neck and neck with him and, uh, and, and, and Edwards. Uh, yeah. with- and Justin Jefferson, too. We can't forget Justin yeah. Jefferson. Well, I know all three of those guys made their own marks, and they all made runs to, to be considered, you know, rookies of the year at their respective sports. And because Kaprizov did win uh, that award, Ant got close. Uh, Jefferson got close, I think. Yeah, he came second to Justin Herbert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and came in second to uh, Lamelo Ball. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's a great run for young athletes. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see three years from now where are these guys going to be at as they become established professionals. Will they be the gold standard at their positions in their respective leagues? And um, I wish we could throw a twin in there if we could, and maybe Joe Ryan, who came up during the season in the second half and pitched admirably, although he. And he's got a distinctive style of pitching that kind of goes against um, today's game, which is to throw your 93-mile-an-hour fastball by people, but he seems to pull it off. But, no, Kaprizov, he made the wild better. Um, he helped him make, make it to the postseason. Um, and he, he signed a contract, so he's going to be here for several year, years. Um, he, he's, he's got great hands. He's got a goal scorer's hands, but he also can rack up assists. You know, he didn't get off to a great goal-scoring uh, spree at the beginning of the year, but he's sure in the heck racked a, a, a assist. Um, so he is, he's a, he's a complete player. And um, he's one of the reasons why the wild ended up in the 2021 in first place. Uh, just because even though he's not scoring a lot, he could still impact the game with his skill set. And uh, the future really looks bright. Uh, Cause I did a column on him, which I talked to Pat Micheletti and he said that any league that you're in, there's always a learning curve. 
and he's going through the learning curve and being in the NHL. So what he may look like a year or two from now could be scary considering the way he started off his career uh, last year with the, with the wild. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Edwards and even Justin Jefferson. Like we, we mentioned all those guys and we shouldn't overlook too the links who had, you know, two consecutive rookies of the year year. with with crystal Dangerfield and Nafisa Collier, you know, that was before, you know, before last year, but yeah, they, you know, a lot of good young players and the wild specifically, like I'm way more interested in them than I was two, three years ago when they were kind of in the, the latter stages of the, the Parisi Suter era. You know, I've always been interested in the Wolves, but Anthony Edwards pushed that to another level just with his, you know, on the court, the things he can do and, you know, off the court, he's just got this personality that, that draws you to him. Uh, this may be a, a weird uh, analogy here, but both for the Wild and the Wolves, it was like a clogged toilet finally becoming unclogged because of these two kids. Because uh, now you're you're seeing uh, everything work more fluidly and, and and more effectively on both squads. Um, you know, Chris Finch looks like he knows what he's doing as a head coach, and he's got the Wolves and Edwards. You know, playing both side ends of the floor. D'Angelo Russell's actually playing defense at times. Um, you know, Cats playing playing as well, and they're winning games despite having a deficiency, which is size up front, which they should be addressing here before the deadline in the Wild. It's like everybody has like surged. I mean, Ryan Hartman, his goal scoring touch is ridiculous. Marcus Felino's the spiritual force in that team. Um, he's got he's he can he scores goals and he punches people out. I mean, it's it's a great combination to have on a team. They got solid goaltending. Um, Zuccarello is a very very talented player. Um, the only guy who hasn't performed up to snuff is Fiala. But if, if that's the only player you can look at and say. You know, he hasn't stepped it up yet. That's a good reflection of your team here. So uh, it's going to be fun watching both those teams get after it in 2022. Shameless plug here, too. A lot of the people we just mentioned have been guests on Daily Delivery, and there's no crime in going back and listening to all of your favorite episodes from 2021. Justin Jefferson was on a while back. (laughs) Anthony Edwards was on a while back. Marcus Foligno was on a while back. Ryan Hartman not too long ago. Chris Finch was on a couple times. So we've, we've had a lot of those guys and, um, you know, Lindsay Whalen was on a couple times. So if you missed any of the, what, 240 episodes we did of daily delivery since it launched in February, you counted um, them all. What's that? You counted them all up. Well, I have to put an episode number on every, every one oh, that okay. I do. So I'm, I'm <laughs> counting along the way. And I believe the one we are doing right now is episode 240. So we finished the year with 240 after about 11 months. So it's a, it is a labor of love. If you guys want to go back and listen to any of those, um, there is a, there's nothing in the law that says you can't go back and listen to a podcast, even if it's a few months old. So um, right. <clears throat> kind of chugging through the rest of the 2021 highlights. Um, you got to say the start of this season, and this is pretty recent for Gophers men's basketball has been a story that totally caught me off guard and has captured my attention. Just what Ben Johnson has done Early on, at least, you know, with with a really good start, with some good wins over some quality opponents, has exceed has surprised me as much as any team has surprised me in this market. And I know it's early. Um, we're gonna, you know, maybe we'll get to a little bit more of them in the 2022 segment. But you know, they've surprised me as much as anyone has surprised me in a long time here. Well, Ben's been able to get those guys to play as a unit, and he's gotten them to um, just be fundamentally sound. And, uh, and, and, and bust their butts and compete. 
and it's working. And I, you know, we all thought they were going to be by far the worst team in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, we were going to be one of the poor teams in the NCAA. To be honest with you, this year, um, but they've been far from that. Uh, they defend, they rebound, uh, they they play to their strengths. They avoid having their limitations exposed, um, and you know they have not looked overmatched very much. Um, you know they were in the game for a while against Michigan State, and then they go to Michigan and beat Michigan. You know now. The Big Ten schedule is going to jump up on them here as we turn the calendar because I think they got to play Illinois early on in January. They do, yeah. Lots they got to run into, and we'll see how they fare then. Um, but man, um, I expected not to have any interest in watching go for basketball this year, and but now I'm gonna have to, you know, go to media availability and, and check out a couple of games just to kind of watch this program grow. And if he can recruit. Uh, better than his predecessor, particularly within the state of Minnesota, then that program is going to be in good shape. It's unfortunate that Ben wasn't around before this wave of great uh, high school talent came out. Yes. Um, he, he missed the Jalen Suggs run. He missed the McKinley Wright run. He missed the Holmgren run and wh- whoever else you want to bring up. Um, but hopefully he'll be well positioned the next time that the state of Minnesota has a run of blue chip prospects like they did. Uh, like five within the last five, six years. That's a good point. Good point on that. Um, let's, let me finish. You know, one of the biggest stories I think of 2021 locally and was not a happy one. It was the twins and just the, the nosedive they took from, you know, going into 2021 thinking they were possible World Series contenders to, you know, flirting with 90 losses and not even really being competitive or close to the playoffs after, you know, a bad start to the year. It's just a year where everything fell apart. Maybe it finished on a little bit of a, an upswing when they were able to sign Byron Buxton to an extension, but just in general, the, the year that they had was, uh, you know, a big story, but not, not a pleasant one for, uh, for twin city sports fans. Well, once again, I was able to go down to spring training in, in, in February and March. And um, at, at that time, Kenta made it look like he was going to have a great season. Um, actually, Matt Shoemaker looked like he was going to hold down the back end of the rotation. J.A. Happ wasn't that bad either. But the concerns about beyond the starting five are already present in spring training. Because you need – you know, you can't just get through a season with five starters. You're going to need eight, nine, sometimes ten starters to get you through a season. And I was like, well, who's going to be called up after these guys? Because uh, inevitably, inevitably someone's going to get injured or someone's not going to pitch. Well, something's going to happen. And um, we saw early on that um, the pitching depth was tested early and it flopped severely. And then the bullpen, anytime a reliever came out of the bullpen, it seemed like they were giving up a grand slam. Yeah. Uh, they, they got off to a bad start and they, and they, and the injuries, were early and often, you know, Josh Donaldson got injured in the first inning of the first game of the season in Milwaukee, you know, and it, it, things didn't get better. So uh, they start out behind the eight ball. They got clobbered by uh, uh, a COVID outbreak on the team, which you know, a couple of anti-vaxxers on the team got sick and a couple guys who weren't anti-vaxxers got sick. And it was just, it just kind of spawned from there. Um, and they just never could recover. Um the bullpen pitched a little bit better during the second half, but but, I, but by then, um, Shoemaker was gone. Hap was traded. Um, Barrios was traded. Barrios was traded. You know, and you know, and and it was just one bad thing after another. Looking back on it, most of the pitching decisions that Falvey and Levine made backfired on them. And um, they, I, I know, I was told that they they 
they spent looking back at last season trying to figure out, do they need to do things differently? Or was it like playing blackjack and you just got to run it back cards and you just got to stick with your plan? So uh, we'll, we'll see how this turns out after this lockout ends, which God knows when that's going to happen and see how they put together the rest of, of a, a pitching staff. Um, and that's another thing we can go into is the lockout. But, um, you know, they're not going to turn this corner here unless they assemble pitching. Now, they've got prospects in at double A and starting to leak into triple A, you know, but prospects are what they are. They're prospects until they prove that they're good major leaguers. And we're probably going to see some of them get caught up during this year, uh, like Jordan Balazovich and Yon Duran and Josh Winder and some other guys. But um, they're going to need some front-end guys to they, to front their rotation until those guys are ready. So I want to see the Twins make a significant investment in the quality pitcher, uh, either through free agency or by trade before the first pitch of the season is thrown, whether that's uh, early April or May. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good transition point to 2022. I don't want to give short shrift to a couple things I had jotted down, though, quick. Um, go for volleyball team, obviously. Another really good season in 2021, making it to the Elite Eight before falling to Wisconsin. Go for football team. You know, um, <clears throat> I don't think it was the home run of a season they wanted to have, but certainly, you know, in contention for a Big Ten title until the final weekend of regular season play, that uh, that that qualifies as a step forward in my book. Minnesota United, the Lynx, they both made the postseason. I think those ended faster than either one of them would have liked, but getting in, Gives you a chance. St. Thomas transitioning to Division One. I. I mean, a lot happened in 2021, even yeah, if it, it kind of snuck up on us. Yeah, you know, you know, go for football. Did they succeed or did they survive? I mean, you know, from early on, they lost their best running back, Mo Ibrahim, and ended up losing three running backs during the season, and they were able to still win eight games. Um, they left some meat on the bone because they lost to home to Illinois and lost to home to Bowling Green, and they did make a bowl game. They got a bunch of guys coming back, and things are looking up. Uh, for that program. Uh, Hugh McCutcheon just got an extension at the University yes, of Minnesota. Yes, he did. Uh, Well-deserved because he's one of the best volleyball coaches in the nation. He's a former Olympic volleyball coach, and uh, he he has produced a great run uh, of, of players. Uh, most recently, Stephanie Samedy, who's a four-time All-American. Samedy, I'm sorry, who's a four-time All-American. Well, high school volleyball is pretty, pretty uh, competitive here, and it's turning out good players. Um, the Loons, um, they're kind of have a crossroads because they're letting a lot of people go. Um, they need to get some, they need a defensive midfielder. They need another center back. I don't think they ever really replaced Ike Opara after Ike had to retire because of concussions. Um, and they need another scoring option up front, or I think Adrian Heath's going to be on a hot seat here. And who's the other team you mentioned? Um, oh, you Lynx. mentioned, Tom, uh, you mentioned the Lynx. The Lynx were better this year. They went out and had some quality free agent signings, and um, they're always a threat. Man, Sylvia Foles, uh, she is just—it's like fine wine with her. She keeps getting better and better with more, more experience, and um, she's going to go down as one of the all-time better players in WNBA history. And St. Thomas had the pleasure of covering their first home game as a football, and um, you know, I'm I'm talking to their hockey coach for a story because he's also the USA Women's uh, coach as well. And it looks promising what's going on over there. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, 
And that, you know, all that leads into 2022. Let's spend, you know, another 10, 15 minutes here just talking about, you know, the first, unfortunately, the first word I have written down under my 2022 notes is uncertainty. I mean, and, you know, we talked about this even before we started recording, you know, the, anytime you're talking about the future, there's a certain level of, we don't know what's going to happen, but it feels like the way 2021 ended with COVID, the way 2021 ended with, you know, Major League Baseball in a lockout, we are particularly, you know, in this mode of, we don't know what's going to happen. I think Vikings are at a crossroads. We don't know what's going to happen with them as, you know, as the calendar turns to 2022 is, is, are they going to blow everything up? Are they going to, you know, sneak into the playoffs and, and keep things going? Um, just a level of, a level of uncertainty at a very high level here going into the new year. I know and a lot of it's because uh, we, we've learned that the virus just doesn't not go away. Like someone claimed that one day it's just going to all go away. No, it's, it's here and it's here in different forms. And we're going to have to learn virus management instead of virus avoidance as we move forward in the sports world. And you're seeing actually I'm right. Uh, I've written about this. It's a fascinating uh it's fascinating to watch the sports leagues and their approach to navigating this because we've got NHL players backing out of the Olympics on one side of the spectrum. On the other side, we got the NFL saying that if you are vaccinated and boosted and you test positive, uh, you do not have to miss any games now, you know, um, and you don't have to keep you. Know, if you're, if you're vaccinated and boosted, you don't have to be tested. You know, we're pushing for more testing so we can identify the virus. And on the other hand, NFL is like, look, we're going to go forward with this. This is this is, we we're, we're going to play our games or make our money. Um, NBA, if you don't have if you don't have symptoms, don't tell us. Right, exactly. NBA, we're going to sign replacement players now and, and just fill out the rosters and and keep playing. We got a couple sports leagues going to drive right through this. And we got one sports league backing away and they already have canceled or postponed fifty games. So, um, emerging from this pandemic's in uh, from as the sports world emerging from this pandemic. Is going to be something worth watching as we move into 2022. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that's only, you know, one measure, like I said, of uncertainty. I mean, you know, we still got a couple games left in the Vikings season. From what you've seen right now, what, what do you think happens in 2022, early 2022, once this season is over? You know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I'm I'm expecting to see Matt Nagy uh, no longer being the Bears coach. But yes, I think Mike Zimmer's tenure as Vikings coach is, is definitely in question here. Um, as their limping finish line here, they they I don't know if you even call that a victory. What they did against the Bears on Monday Night Football, they were just able to survive the Bears' ineptitude in, in the red zone to pull off a win. But something's not clicking, and this team has been unable to put together because football over four quarters over two weeks over a month all season long um this is amazing it's the same team that beat green bay a few weeks ago and looked like they had turned a corner only to start losing games again so um i think all eyes are going to be on the vikings early on to see if there's going to be um movement here in terms of uh, how the how the team is coached and, and general manager rick spillman also uh, could be on the hot seat as well he's put together this roster you know, he's the one who, who brought in Kirk Cousins uh, and then had to uh, gut, the, um, gut the defense to make ends meet. You know, um, Cousins makes $45 million next year. You know, how are they going to navigate through that? There, there are some, uh, a lot of unanswered questions with, with the purple here uh, as we uh, start the new year. Yeah, there is. Um, 
baseball too. I mean, I don't know if you could have more <clears throat> uncertainty with the league that we don't even know when the season's going to start because of this lockout. We imagine it will start at some point, um, but whenever moves are able to be made again, I mean, the twins have to go out and get some pitching. I mean, I know they signed Dylan Bundy, which I did not love, and they've still got a lot of work to do there. If you're most dependable starters going into the season are two guys who pitched a little bit at the end of 2021 and Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober. Um, as you think about <clears throat> their outlook for 2022 and even when the season's going to start, what do you, what do you think about there? Well, first of all, we got to figure out when games are going to be played. I, right. I know a lot of teams also want to know what rules are going to play by. So a new CBA is going to be important to them and probably the twins as well, based on, you know, as far as the free agents they may bring in. Um, but they can't even get. They can't even meet right now. I mean, they're meeting on non-core issues. They can't even sit at a table across from each other and have some meaningful conversations about what the economic, the economics of the sport are going to look like. And who knows when they're going to sit down and do that? Um, I, I think this one's going to get nasty. I think it's going to be. I think we're going to hear rumblings from the players' association that's to the extent that says as soon as the lockout ends, we're going on strike, and they're going to try to turn the tables on the owners and make the. And, and make the owner suffer suffer a little bit before both sides come to together and come out to an agreement. Unfortunately, the the players' association feels that you know they gave away too much in the last negotiation, so they want to overcompensate and make some gains in this one. And that's unfortunate for the fans who are waiting to, to see um, uh, the games being played. Uh, but the truth is, the average salary has gone down in Major League Baseball. Um, a player who is making the minimum. Four years ago, was bringing home more money than the player making the minimum this past year. Um, they do have they do have some some they have some meaningful concerns they need to bring to the table, and it's going to be up for it's going to be up to both sides just being honest with each other, saying, "Look, we don't want to blow the the ten billion dollar industry that is Major League Baseball. Let's come to an, uh, an agreement, something that works for both of us, and go from there." But I don't know, I don't know if the, each side trusts the other side, and you can't have an agreement until a level of trust is, is developed. No, that's absolutely, that's absolutely true. And it just seems like baseball has been at this kind of tenuous, <clears throat> you know, tenuous spot with the players and owners for years now, more so than other leagues. And they just need to, they need to get to a point where they're not only have an agreement where, but where they are able to not have this like ongoing acrimony. Cause it just does not seem like it's good for the sport at, at all. Um, couple more happier things and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. I'm I'm genuinely interested to see how three current seasons wind up. Wild Wolves and Gophers men's basketball. Um, I think we talked about those a little bit in the context of the starts of those seasons. Wolves in good shape to potentially at least get into the play-in round, maybe even better. Wild, you know, despite some late stumbles at the end of 2021, you know, carry a certain amount of optimism and a certain amount of expectation into 2022 for how far they can go this year. And the Gophers men's basketball team, Marcus Fuller wrote about it <clears throat> a couple weeks ago. Like they're starting to show up in some projected tournament fields when we thought they might not win a big 10 game. <laughs> no, that's rather remarkable. And these are, these are two franchises. They had the biggest question marks. I think going into the season, uh, I mean, any, anything, anything, the word postseason next to the wolves is a huge achievement. For a franchise who has not, who's been to the playoffs just once since 0304, I believe, um, that's a remarkable yes. of not making 
a, a, a postseason in a league in which half the teams make the postseason. You know, that's just, but they're playing much better. They're playing some defense. Um, uh, D'Angelo Russell, like I said, he's, he's more of a two-way player than he's ever been in his career. And they're actually fun and entertaining to watch. And um, it's going to be, it'll be great to, I can't wait for the trade deadline to see if they can find a frontline partner to go with Cat. Cause if they do that, that takes things to another level and they should be able to flat out make the playoffs while you're having to go through, through a playing game. Um, the wild there's, you know, at, at the time we had this conversation, they're still, you know, right there at the top of their division. Um, they're one of the better scoring teams in the league. They're getting a uh, production from several players weren't expected to. Um, they won despite some injuries. Well, I think they're the, the losing streak toward the end of the year was because, you know, Spurgeon got injured and Greenway got injured and, um, and Eck, Arison Eck, you know, his health is going to be a, a, a major concern because it looked like he did something to his shoulder there against Dallas. And, uh, he may miss a few weeks and he's one of those glue guys on that team. I mean, he could score, but he irritates, he irritates. He's like AJ Brzezinski. You want him on your side instead of playing against him because he irritates everybody. Um, and, and that helps the, the wow, but they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch. They've had a bunch of exciting games. So they've fallen behind and come back to win. And some, some games in which they've exploded scoring wise and just blown people off the rink. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. Um, uh, next year. And what was the third team you mentioned? Go for basketball. Men's basketball. Yeah. Can Ben Johnson continue this? Um, you know, he, he's got some shooters. Uh, he's got some guys who can D. He's got some rebounding. If he can, if he can navigate the Big Ten waters, this is going to be one. He'll get votes for Big Ten coach of the year, even if the Gophers like finish like halfway in the pack, I would imagine. Yeah. Everybody thought they're going to be the caboose of the Big Ten train this year. And they're proven to be more than that. Are you, let's finish with this, some, some interesting outdoor activities coming to Minnesota soon, including a World Cup qualifier in the dead of winter at Allianz. Lavelle, are you going to go to that? I know you're a big soccer guy. I, if, I would, if, if I would be in town at the time, I would. But as of this recording, we're still going to Beijing for the Olympics. And so I will be leaving for China on January 31st. Uh, thinking about this game and thinking about what's it going to be like for Honduras to play and what could be the teens. It could, it could be, be cold. It could be even colder than that. Yeah, it could be colder than that. I mean, it could be blizzard like conditions. It could be near zero. It could be 35 degrees. Um, I understand. I understand U.S. soccer. They've done this many times in the past. There was a snowstorm in Denver one year when they played Costa Rica they always bring Mexico as far as north as possible for these qualifiers. But my goodness, you're really playing with fire or, or maybe playing ice. with ice. They're bringing, <laughs> bringing a qualifier to Minnesota in February. Uh, this it's going to be, it's going to be a phenomenon. And, but the fight part is I I'm talking to a lot of people who are going, uh, I, I have a bet. I have a friend who's from Honduras and we have a bet on the game. And so he's going to go there. He says, that's the only time I can see Honduras play a person, you know? So he, <laughs> He's going so um, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a scene, quite a scene, and uh, I hope it snows. I hope it does too, and I hope for everybody's sake that 2022 for as for as many good things happen in 2021. I hope 2022 is even better as we kind of maybe hopefully kind of figure out how we're going to emerge from all this. Um, 
Lavelle, happy 2022. Thanks for joining me on this special edition of Daily Delivery. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot for having me.